Hey guys, welcome to season three of the Medicine and Compass podcast. I'm Dalen, if you don't remember, and I'm a sophomore in Dutchtown High School in Hampton, Georgia. For this season, we're going to be discussing topics that are a little bit more serious. So if I'm issuing a trigger warning, if medical issues such as, um, well, what we're going to be talking about specifically, um, negligence, medical negligence, or uh, questionable systems that take place, such as you having personal experiences with these, feel free to click off. Now that that said, uh, what we're going to be discussing is going to be our patients' right in not trusting their doctors, and as well as topics in medical negligence, communication, trust, and questionable systems that might be going on. So. I think this is a very relevant topic as of now because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the vaccine discourse that is going on, and I honestly find it very interesting. This starts off with our patients not our patients' right in not trusting their doctors. So I find this interesting because, like, even though doctors are professionals, they are they they should know what they're talking about. I honestly, I do honestly understand why there is a lack of trust between a lot of patients. And this goes into the whole negligence, medical negligence part of this. So firstly, um, this kind of goes deeper than what is on surface level, like, oh, trust issues. No, this is kind of jam-packed into a history of why people might not trust doctors so for example um a good example is our ethnic groups that live in america or just in general and the healthcare system their relationship with the healthcare system so for years we have been hearing horror stories of things that have gone on in the healthcare system that have affected several minority groups that made them not trust them, not trust in the, me- in the medical system that is supposed to help them. Uh, there have been several stories that have come out that patients have not been heard for, or treated for their pains, for their illnesses, because their doctors didn't listen to them. And I think that it's very, very, very terrible that things like this happen and in the future I'd love to see so many changes in the healthcare system and how it's treated whether it be more what like it because this can include in my opinion more of a a step towards prevention as well as listening to your patient because my opinion I don't think the patient ever lies I don't think everybody anybody would ever lie about their pains um especially in this kind of system that we are right now it's so expensive I think to go to a doctor's office so I don't think most most Americans at least have very few options when it comes to treating whatever they're going through and that's mostly because they might not be able to afford it so I think doctors or health professionals in general should always consider that and consider every single patient as kind of like their own person and 
I wouldn't say a blessing, but, you know, something kind of like that, like kind of a gift, like, you're lucky you get to have a job still, I don't know, this kind of sounds kind of weird, like, there's also, as I said, a questionable system, so either way, I think this system will always, well, current, the current system that there is right now, I don't think it will ever be um, completely fixed until it's acknowledged. And what I've noticed is that there's a lack of acknowledgement that might be going on, which is painful to see. But I have faith in the next generations that this might be able to have a change. This might be able to, we might be able to move on past this. And I think that these issues, issues like these are a lot more serious because of this can cost lives so i think it's very important to take it seriously and as well as um i would like to also dip in like communication so patient doctor communication it's also very important to kind of deep dive deep into that as well um i i think i see this well because i'm 16 um from my personal experience i think um, pediatrics, pediatricians completely, like, sometimes I feel like they might not be listening to children because of, like, maybe biases of age, like, maybe uh, they're more prone to listen to the parent than the child when it comes to how their pains are, etc, etc. Um, this is kind of a weird example. Those were weird examples, but, I mean, it does happen. I think that there can be some kind of communication especially um if when it comes to kids of immigrant parents i think that that's a whole nother issue in it in it of itself because if there are no multilingual nurse nursing like okay uh, nursing staffs that are multi multilingual there that means that there's at least a nurse that can speak in the, another language i think it'll even set up more barriers even not even in pediatrics even though that's I think something that's bigger but as well as um just individual patients as well um there's definitely an issue between barrier barriers and communications but luckily um technology has progressed to the point where it is better. I've seen hospitals where um, they actually have these like little um, computers or like, I'm not sure, these little stands that like call in somebody from like a building or something um, and they translate everything. So I think that's very handy. <laughs> um, and just to make this not sound weird, I am sounding kind of weird because um, it is kind of a heavy topic to talk about. So I'm trying to be as PG as possible, but yet be as realistic as possible, of course. So <laughs> I might like stutter a little bit and try to be careful with my words. But um, again, so for the causes and consequences, they, of course, the consequences will be long term and the consequences were, will mostly affect the patient because these are lives 
livelihoods that can be changed forever. And I think that seeing certain situations such as mostly what I've seen is either from pediatrics or women's health. Um, specifically neonatal health, um, pregnancies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I don't want to dive deep into it because it is, of course, a, a very, very heavy topic. But there's been cases where a lot of women haven't been listened to, and that has unfortunately costed their lives. So I think that I'm not sure if um, doctors really have bias training. If so, I'm not, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to dance around, but um, if they don't have that kind of training, that would be great if they did, and I mean, there just has to be change, um, like, it just, it's kind of difficult to, of course, process when you first read an article like that, for example. And that's why I think a lot of patients are starting to opt out of being in the hospital environment. For example, with pregnancies, they decide to get, um, I think they're called midwives. <laughs> yeah, they're called midwives. And so that, like, that, that's another consequence. Like, oh, I've seen these cases of patients, patients not having good experiences with hospital births or, deep doctors, so I would opt out to have a at-home birth with a midwife, which is completely understandable, but from a business standpoint, which is what a lot of these healthcare systems, at least, at least, like, like, um, in this system, at least, um, you know, business is kind of important. Without a patient, you wouldn't have, you know, doctors, if that makes sense, (laughs) so I think it would be important before, you know, everything kind of disappears, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, so, there's also, of course, like, I was kind of um, alluding to this, but money, I think, or am I, I'm not sure if I already mentioned this, but I'm going to go more in depth, but um, as I said, the systems in healthcare depend, especially in America, they depend a lot on money. So, I think it's quite interesting seeing how affected people from lower classes and minorities are hugely underrepresented firstly in the career paths that are chosen in the medical field as well as um just general just the general ability to be able to have health care this can go internationally as well and this can relate back to the COVID-19 pandemic um a lot of countries still actually don't even have access to vaccines and I think that that's not like I feel like that's I think it this entire pandemic showed us that we this is not kind of an individualistic thing but of course a societal thing and a worldly thing and I think it's important for there not to be negligence or a lack of distribution especially when it comes to vaccines, because, again, like, I've mentioned this so many times, but it's a matter of just caring for your patient and not, and and saving lives, of course, so with that topic being said, I think that 
not having access to vaccines is quite difficult your head around um so yeah i think it's quite important if we're going to get out of this pandemic to make to take these steps for there to be international focus on vaccine distribution i also like to circle back around because i think this is also kind of a psychological thing um <laughs> as you might have guessed from other episodes if you've listened I am very interested in psychology. I'm very interested in how the mind works. So there being biases, I think biases are just kind of a natural human thing, if that makes sense. Because biases don't have to necessarily, not in this situation, of course, but in that, but they don't have to necessarily have a negative connotation attached to it. But for example, like, uh, you can have a bias, like, oh, I have a bias towards this, I like this more, et cetera, et cetera, but there's times where biases are dangerous, and I think that accounts for the medical system as a whole, and I think having biases, especially in this kind of field, is, again, very dangerous. I think that patients don't deserve that, and I don't think anybody deserves to be dehumanized because of biases that occur. I think that everybody should have access to that type of those type of resources and be treated well as a human being and be cared for in order to strive and be able to do everything in life that they want to be to do. This uh, can again so. I actually wanted to like retouch on this. This is kind of like really kind of off topic, but but I also wanted to talk about the BMI scale because <laughs> there's a lot, a lot, a lot of discourse following that. Um, this will also lead into other topics that relate to it. But of course, I'm also tr- issuing a trigger warning when I get into those topics as well, because although I'm going to try to keep it PG, it's still very, it can still be very triggering. So I've seen discourse on the BM, discourse on the BMI scale because they say that I'm not sure that I I haven't read it I haven't read I haven't actually read about it but I've heard that it might not account for a lot of different I think body types I think and I've always thought that was interesting um yeah <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it, but this can also lead to other things, such as this can circle back around to um, this is actually gonna be my last topic, but um, this is actually can circle back to trust, especially when it comes to minorities to the healthcare system. Um, there has been several studies. We there has been health studies throughout history that are just not right racially for a group. Um, I don't think, I think it's important to update a lot of these studies, these important studies in order to account for a lot of different minorities, because most of the time they account for only one group of people, but not another. I think that, especially during studying in med school and everything, there should be some kind of important thing to learn there when it comes to treating different types of patients and not just one, because I don't think we can rely on one single like study. I think that studies need to be updated, and of course they probably are, but 
I think there shouldn't be a reliance on just one, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, yeah, but I, again, I tried to keep that as PG as possible. I wasn't going to bring up examples because the examples are kind of um, triggering, of course, but um, that's actually my last topic for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed my episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll see you guys next season. Bye. Visit our website, medicineencompass.org, or our link tree to learn more about our organization. If you would like to suggest a topic to our team or be a featured guest on the Medicine Encompass podcast, please email us at podcast at medicineencompass.org. Remember to follow us on Spotify and Instagram at the Medicine Encompass podcast so you never miss an episode. Cover art by Angela Liu. Produced and edited by Maj Alarp. Produced on Anchor.